You're listening to the Creekside Church Sunday morning message. And now, a message from Pastor George. Here's my question out of all of that. Did you notice a theme through all of those songs? And if you say Christmas, you are dead wrong. Did you notice a theme throughout all those songs? I think, I think Valentine's Day may get, you know, get its own flowers for being the holiday of love, but I would make an argument that Christmas holds a corner. Holds a corner on the market as a season of love and romance. Christmas. The Christmas season. In fact, according to a, a, an American wedding study conducted by Brides Magazine, has anybody ever read that? Over 19%. Over 19% of all engagements happen in the month of December. Making it the most popular month or one of the most popular months to get engaged. Now, can you guess what the day is, you know, the most popular day to pop the question? The day. Christmas Eve day. Christmas Eve day. Is the most popular day for engagements. So, you know, I, I don't think Cupid has anything on Santa Claus when it comes to love. Listen, studies have shown that Christmas Eve is one of the most popular days to get in, engaged, follow, followed by Christmas Day, followed by New Year's Day, and then Valentine's Day. And there are certainly, I mean, nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with celebrating love during the season. And if you get engaged on Christmas Eve, I, will, I, I personally will wholeheartedly celebrate with you. But depending on where you find yourself regarding romantic relationships, see, you, you, you didn't assume or anticipate we'd be going here. On. <laughs> but wherever you find yourself in regard to romantic relationships at this moment, all this love in the air can bring happiness and expectation or it can bring loneliness and isolation. Either way, too much focus on cuddling, or as the kids like to say, cuffing. In, <laughs> in the cold, during this season, meeting under the mistletoe can blind us, can you know, keep us from seeing the true love story of Christmas. I mean, all of the songs we just rattled off were all about love. So I challenge all of us this morning not to miss the true story of love. The true story of love this season. This is a love story that has been written for all of us. Not some of us, but all of us. The story of true, faithful, unending, sacrificial love. God's love and sending Jesus is one of... You know, it's, it's the love, one love, a love that changes everything. And I think love has been God's story from the beginning. From the moment of creation, God's love was part of the fabric of our world. God's love was with Adam. God's love with, with, was with Eve. When they were in the Garden of Eden, both before and His love was still there even after they sinned. God showed his love by saving Noah and his family from the flood and, and giving them a, a brand new start. 
In the Old Testament, God gave the commandments and law in love as a way for His people to atone for their sin and stay connected to Him. And ultimately, His love turned this world upside down. God's love turned this, this world upside down because without, uh, you know, he, by sending His Son to do what He did on the cross, to die for us, not just to die, but to live among us, be among us, relate to us, live like we, and then go to the cross for us. The God of the universe to be born in a stable, to die on a cross and rise again from the grave. It took love. It took love to disrupt and overturn the power of death. Love. Now, I, I want to make something really clear, that this story is not about a feeling. It's not about an emotion. It's God's story of love in action. It's not a feeling, it's an action. How the God of the universe loves you, loves us so much, He left everything in order to be with you, to sacrifice His life so that you and I can have life. If you were with us last week, you know we begin the journey through Advent season by lighting and reflecting on the first element of Advent, hope. Now, the word Advent means coming or arrival. And this season is marked by an expectation, an anticipation, a, a waiting, a longing. And Advent is not just an extension of Christmas. It's, the season, it, it's a season that links the past to the present and to the future. Advent offers us the opportunity to share in the ancient waiting and the, the, like, the desired longing. And the opportunity to share in the ancient longing for the coming of the Messiah. To celebrate His birth, as we're going to get to do on Christmas Eve morning. And to be alert for His second coming. What do we do during Advent? Well, you saw the Quigleys did an excellent job. Thank you, uh, Diane and Mike, for leading us through Advent this morning. We light these candles that are wrapped around uh, or with a wreath wrapped around them, which represents aspects of Jesus' coming into this world, into this darkness. And as we celebrate with our own Advent wreath this season, we light an additional candle each week, every week. And each flame, each candle brings us closer to the arrival of the true light, the true light of the world born in Bethlehem. Last week, we lit the candle of hope. We talked about hope, hope, you know, from the past, hope past, hope present, and hope future. And as, you know, we did this as we looked through a few of the prophecies about Jesus' coming. And we were challenged to place our hope in Jesus, even in the midst of our trials, our difficult times. And we're reminded of the hope still to be fulfilled when Jesus comes again. Today we lit the candle of love. Advent is a season for rediscovering the coming of our Savior and for gaining even greater, greater understanding of how wide and how long and how high and how deep God's love for us really is. 
This is what we look into today. Love. Let me ask you this question. How many of you with kids have ever been, and I know this is my own experience, have you ever been with kids as they open their presents on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve? I mean, for all of us who have raised children or have children, we know what that's like. And if you've ever been a child, you know what that's like. I mean, the excitement of ripping off the paper is quickly replaced by excitement of opening the box and actually playing with whatever toy or Nintendo original that you got. Duck hunt, anybody? I'm showing my age. The worst thing in the world is a gift without what? Batteries. I know I'm not just preaching to myself today. The worst thing in the world is a gift without batteries or a gift that requires adult setup. Or socks. Let's be honest. I mean, full transparency, I did not give my wife a list for Christmas this year. So I'm fully anticipating socks and pajama pants. Listen, what do we know about our kids on Christmas Day? They, they want to they jump in. They want to dive in, and they want to get to it. Kids want to dive in, so that's what we're going to do today. With excitement, and we're going to dive right in. So what do we do with God's love? This gracious, sacrificial gift of God's love. What do we do? I want to give you three simple applications today. The first thing we do with God's love is we accept His love. It's a love that is accepted. He gives it, we accept it. Now I'm going to guess that if I you know, just say the reference John 3.16, many of you in this room will probably go, oh yeah, I know what that is. John 3.16. It's a familiar verse. It, it probably, it, when I say John 3.16, you, it either runs like through your head or you think about the guy with the rainbow wig at football games holding up a sign. Again, I just dated myself. John 3.16. For God so what? For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I think the problem is that sometimes we're so familiar with this verse that we can recite it, we can look at it, and it goes in, you know, and it just it, it gets right past us. God's love in sending His Son is the one love that changes everything. I mean, we know this verse so well that we can easily overlook it. But this was and is the ultimate sacrificial gift, sacrificial act, holy act, a complete act of infinite love, undescribable love. I think the, 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 the message of this verse is core of what we believe. So it makes sense that we're not only, you know, that we don't not only understand what God has given us, 
But we should start here at the center, that God loved the world that he gave his son. That God so loved the world that he gave his son. And when we accept that, and we, when we believe in that, and we believe in Jesus, we are given his life, salvation and eternal life. Adds a little bit more weight to the, the verse we learned in Sunday school, huh? Or we see people holding up signs that have John 3.16 inscribed on it. So the first thing we do with God's love is so basic. It's so easy to overlook. We must accept His gift. Now, I said basic, and it's not easy to do, but it's basic. For some of you here today, this step of accepting the gift of God's sacrificial love and believing in Jesus may be very difficult. It may be something you've struggled with for a long time. Maybe it's a brand new concept, a brand new idea for you. Or it may be, you know, something that this invitation may be something that you've been neglecting for a long time. Maybe you feel unlovable. How can a good God love me knowing everything that I've done? Maybe you've been burned by human love too many times, you know, to trust that there's something greater. Maybe you think, you don't know what I've done. You don't know the dark secrets I have. You don't know the doubts and the fear and the pain that I harbor inside my life. And you know what? Maybe I don't, but I do know God does. And the love that He offers, He not only sees what you wrestle with and what burdens you, He knows and He understands. The love that God offers is Jesus Christ. No matter what challenges, no matter what hurts you hold on to, I'm here to tell you that God can handle every single one of them. Wherever you are in your journey, listen, it's okay. You know why? Because God knows right where you are. He understands. And you know what His response is? His response is His open arms of perfect, infinite love. So wherever you are, here's what I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to accept the gift, the gracious, sacrificial gift of, of God's love. Let this season at Advent be one of accepting the love and accepting the salvation of God through His Son, Jesus Christ. The second thing I want us to apply is and understand about God's love. It's a love to be experienced. Not just accepted, but experienced as well. And during this Advent season, here's what my prayer is, that we all experience the love of God deeply, intimately. Not just knowing about the love of God, but knowing the God of love intimately knowing him it's easy to be distracted by all the things that need to get done in the next few weeks it's a busy season for everybody 
It's easy to read the headlines and wonder, man, with this war going on and that war going on, can we really overcome darkness and hatred in this world? It's easy to allow worry over tomorrow to rob us of our joy today. I mean, listen, we allow anxiety, frustration, negative thoughts, opinions to rule and dictate our life. To overwhelm us. And and, and you know what it does? It not only keeps us from loving people the way we should, but it keeps us from feeling loved ourselves. All of those things matter. I mean, God doesn't ask us to ignore those things in order to experience His love. You You don't have to purge or rid yourself of hurry or worry to experience God's love. You know what He does? He invites you. He invites you to bring them to Him. He invites you to surrender the deepest hurts and the deepest concerns of your life to Him. And He invites you to allow Him to to fill you and renew you with His love. And the good news is that the love He gives through His Son, Jesus Christ, will be more than enough. It'll be more than enough. I love the way the Apostle Paul describes that love and that that you and I can experience. He he describes it in Romans chapter 8, verse 38. It says this, And I'm convinced that what? Nothing can ever separate us from God's love. And then he goes on to list some things. Some things that you and I might worry about. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, you know, neither our fears for today or our worries about what? Tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. Everything we worry about cannot separate us. He invites us in. I mean, this is powerful love. A love that we probably can't comprehend. The most powerful love It is love that can't be contained or constrained by any power in the universe. Not evil, not death, not person, not power. Cannot be defeated. But it's a love to be experienced. I mean, if we want to go back to the example of a kid on Christmas Day, you know, this is not a gift to be accepted and unpackaged and then put back on the shelf. It's not a box we check off. Well, I got that for Christmas, so I'm good. It's more like a a new favorite stuffed animal to embrace and carry and hold and and love till it wears off. I mean, it's not not even a a complete set of clothes to put on and, and live in. It... it these examples don't begin to do God's love justice, but I, but I hope you get the idea. God's love is our lifeblood. Our, God's love is the oxygen, the air that we breathe. 
God's love is, is the, it, it, it sustains us. It courses through us. And it continually fills us with life. It's an experience, a love to be experienced. Let this season be one of embracing God's love and fully experiencing His love in new and deep ways. Can we do that this season? Continually opening our hearts and our hands and our minds and our lives to God to experience His love. The third thing is it's a love not just to be accepted, not to just be experienced, but a love to be shared. It's a love to be shared. I'm going to put some uh, spouses on the spot. How many of you have ever been in love? I still am. Have you ever been or are you currently in love? If so, there's a good chance, and you know just as well as I do, you've done some pretty loud, crazy, and stupid things in the name of love. Have we not? You've done some pretty loud and crazy things to proclaim your love for somebody. Maybe you literally shouted it out loud in public. I'm reminded of the scene in the movie Elf where he walks into his, his dad's boardroom and he rips off that funky hat he's wearing. He says, I'm in love, I'm in love, and I don't care who, whatever. It's a great movie, you should watch it. Certainly nowadays you proclaimed it, I mean, for, I mean in current context, what do we do? Uh, you know, Pastor George Willis in a relationship on Facebook, right? How many of you guys have posted one of those? Maybe you posted it on some other platform of choice. Uh, anybody in this room ever proposed to their future wife or, uh, I mean, to be fair, future husband, uh, on a jumbotron at a sporting event? Not one person in this room? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why do we do stupid things like this? Why do, because it's what humans do. It's what humans do. It's why we have centuries you know, worth of poetry and novels and love stories and plays and, and love songs all about the topic of love. I mean, when we're, here's the deal. When we are in love, what happens? It shows. When we're in love, it shows. Look at every teenager's phone that has a boyfriend and a girlfriend or a girlfriend. They, they have their picture on their screensaver or they have a picture tucked into their phone case. Am I wrong? Of their person they're in love with. We want the world to know. We want the world to know. I think the gift, sacrificial, infinite love of God is the same. It's the same way. I think this love that God has for us is for sharing with other people. In fact, sharing this love that God gives us doesn't leave us with less. It's, it's weird how this happens. It leaves us with actually more. When we give out the love that God gives us, He gives us even more. And once we accept and experience the love of God, the uh, next natural step 
is to share it, to let it overflow out of our life into the lives of those around us. I think uh, John addressed this in 1 John when he said this in ver- uh, chapter 4, verse 9. It says, God did what? Showed how much He loved us. So God showed us. Now we go and show other people. Watch this. God showed us how much He loves us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love. Not that we've loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, what's He say for us to do? If God did that for us, then we are compelled by His love for us to go out and love other people. God's love comes to us and flows through us. It's kind of like what we say with the generosity creek. You don't give to Creekside, you give through Creekside. The same thing happens with God's love. He doesn't give you His love. It's His love works through you. And the more we embrace it and the more we experience, the more we, you know, I think it's natural that it's the more we share it with other people. So what does that look like for you this season? I mean, it, what, what, what does sharing God's love, accepting it, experiencing it, and sharing it, what does it look like for you and me this season? I think for some of us it might, you know, look like spending quality time with friends and family. Not being so overwhelmed and consumed with having to do, but sitting back and saying, I get to do this. I mean, I get it. It, it. God's love in us and through us could mean for some of us, you know, reconnecting and reconciling with family members this season. Or maybe with a friend who, who has drifted away. It might mean for some serving, you know, your neighbors in some way, shape, or form. Or maybe even serving some strangers or, you know, seeking out someone who's maybe, you know, you suspect might be lost or lonely or left behind. Maybe it's, it's somebody that you know is hurting. It might mean forgiving somebody who's hurt you or you know, apologizing to somebody that you have hurt. I mean, there's endless ways to allow God's love to flow through you as you love others, not to your best ability, not because they loved you first. But because we love others, as God has loved us. And I think for some this morning, that has kind of changed the camera angle on what we thought love really meant. I'm going to invite you to stand with me as the worship team comes up. Here's what I want you to do.
I'm going to pray in a moment. We're going to sing a song. And then I'm going to come back and leave you with a charge. I want you to think, as we sing this next song, I want you to think of one way right now that you can share God's love this week with somebody around you. Think of one way. Then I want you to keep your heart and your eyes open to the world around you as Christmas approaches, as we go throughout our busy time. Let's keep our focus on making this season of love you know, a, a season of love that, that reaches far deeper than the Christmas songs or the Christmas carols or even romantic statistics. Let's revel in God's love and be known by others, you know, by His love flowing through us. I pray that this season of accepting and experiencing and sharing God's love as individuals and as a church will be seen in a new or a deeper way this season. Father, we thank you that in this season of Advent we can experience, accept, and share your infinite sacrificial love through Jesus Christ. And Father, for some of us here today who have been wrestling with this, very thing. I pray that you give us the ability to accept your love. Accept your love, Father, through the work of Jesus Christ. By believing in our heart and confessing with our mouth that Jesus died and that you raised him to to life again. And as we surrender to him, Father, you said we will be saved. And for those of us here today, Father, I pray that you break down any wall or inhibition or feeling or experience or whatever that is keeping anyone from accepting your sacrificial love. And Father, I pray that we will also experience your love. And through our own personal experience, it will compel us to share your love with others in this Christmas season. Father, please continue to fill us with expectation as we live in your love and wait for the complete fulfillment of that love when Jesus comes again. Church, if you agree with me, say amen. Amen. Let's sing. Here's what I'd like to leave you with this morning. It says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Ephesians 3, 17-19. Creekside, get out there and love the hell out of people today. Can we do that?